shining into the night. Appreciate it. All right. So, don't be afraid to look at the camera. Any point. We're good. You don't have to stare at it, but we're good. Yeah. So, this is it. So, everybody, I wanted to uh, basically kind of kick this off. It's our The Bar is Open last call. And basically, the last call is where I want to bring in folks that and family members or friends or whomever, even people I don't know, just to talk about their extraordinary life experiences and people that have had like a pretty amazing um, impact on the communities that we all live in and ultimately um, how they've changed kind of the way things have gone. So first guest tonight, thank you very much, Albert Castro is with us. Um, and thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. So some of you guys probably already know Albert, Al, right? Yeah. He's my father-in-law. So I'm pretty lucky to uh, have Al as my father-in-law. There's, some pretty fucking funny things. You're allowed to swear on this, by the way. So this is called the bar is open. So you can say cheers. Just cheers, cheers. it. Cool. Um, we are supposed to drink. So if we don't drink, Beth will give me shit. But uh, really, it's again, this is an environment where you're just completely free to talk and have fun and hang out and shoot the shit. Right. But I want to um, ultimately bring in people that can talk about what they've done, what they've contributed, and you've contributed a considerable amount to a whole ton of, when we talk about law enforcement, right? Oh, or, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. When we talk about law enforcement, it's, you know, going back a long ways. So I'm going to give you a quick uh, intro to how I met Albert. So if you guys know Beth, obviously, from the uh, bars open with Beth and Greg is... So Beth didn't want me to necessarily meet you guys yet at that point, right? And it was funny because, you know, I lived around the corner from her at that point, right? Right. You know, I lived kind of maybe a couple streets over at that point, but we just kind of started dating and doing that sort of things. And and she called me and asked me, hey, can you come over and help us unload some stuff out of my dad's truck? And this is back in 2005, I think it was, so 15 years ago. And it was funny because I was like, okay, sure, yeah, no problem. I'll be right over, no problem, right? Little did I know that you'd fallen off the back of your fucking truck and, like, split the living shit out of your head. Busted my butt. Yep. And hit the wheel, the building, the, the edge. The building, of, right. Yeah. And how many st staples did you have in your 16. head? 16. 16 staples in the back of your head. But the funny part, that that that's, okay, that's just, shit happens, right? But the funny part was when I met him, it was, I'm, you know, I've had a gun to my head and I've had knives in my side and all of these things and I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? He's like, the lady came after, the nurse came after me with a needle. And I was like, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no. and, and then I left after that and I didn't know what the hell. I was yeah, like, what are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I had this phobia about needles. Evidently. Yeah, yeah but it, that, was, that was my intro to Al Castro at that point <laughs> and Iris Castro at that point. It was kind of, it was pretty entertaining. So, so really, I, like I said, I want to get into, we'll get into some of your background and we'll kind of talk about family through it and kind of some of the history. And this is going to be broken up into a few different episodes really, right? Because you've had such a long and kind of 
interesting, not kind of, an interesting career. Very much so. Uh, to this day, I still remember a lot of things that happened while I was working. So, right. Yeah, so we've so. got some cool stories. He's definitely got some amazing stories. And some of the people that have had an opportunity to <laughs> chat with you have heard some of those stories. And you've got some obviously amazing partners and friends that we'll get into as we kind of go through this. Yeah. So, again, thanks for joining and hanging out. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. So, again, this is The Bar is Open, last call. So this is a little bit different kind of thing that we're working on, that I'm working on. Um, you'll notice that Beth is not in the room. It's kind of a me thing. So, all right. So we'll kick it off. Appreciate, again, you being here. Um, background, like, thanks for coming. Background, where are you from originally? Brownsville, Texas. Which, if people don't know where that it's is. It's a very tip of South Texas. So, like, all, all the way, the way down. down. There's, a, there's a fight between the Florida, one of the Florida cities and Brownsville, the, the claiming to be the most southmost city in, yeah. in the United States. Nice. So, so you were... Born and raised there? Born and raised there. And uh, I haven't been back. I moved to San Antonio, so. Yeah, that's fair. That's cool. Yeah. No worries there. Yeah, that's cool. So what was it like growing up in Brownsville? It was fun. Uh, we had we had a lot of fun growing up because I had uh, a large family. Yeah. There was uh, seven of us. Uh, six of us were all Marines. Yep. That's awesome. So back then, <laughs> uh, we, we played outside. Most of the dark came by. And uh, we used to help my grandfather, who was a master plumber. Yeah. And he had chickens, and he would tell us to pick, get the eggs in, and we'd pick anywhere from five to six to seven dozen eggs oh, every geez. day. Yeah, that's awesome. But we always, <laughs> we always kept at least a half a dozen. Just for you guys. For, for us to do an egg war with a oh, nice. with a <laughs> kids at the next block who also had chickens, so it was it was fun. It was, it was fun. a cool place to yeah. grow up. I know uh, used to ride around on horseback and yeah. In fact, all of us, well, the older ones, uh, we all had horses. Yeah, and uh, my horse's name was Billy. Billy. Yeah. Okay. Why'd you name him Billy? It was a common name. And it was easy to remember. And he answered to it. Every time I would say Billy, he would turn, turn around and look at and, you and look at me like, what? You know? But uh, Billy committed suicide. <laughs> okay, we can't just fucking end on that. What, what do you mean? How did he commit suicide? How does a horse commit well, suicide? We had orange trees. And okay. one orange tree had rotted out. And it was knocked over. Yeah. My dad took away, but it left a stump, a jagged stump. And a you run into it? No, he laid down, and he laid down on top of it. And he fucking gored himself? Yes. And when I came home, I saw what was happening, and his guts were all hanging. So oh, shit. Was he up standing or was he dead? No, he was, he was standing up, and his guts were hanging down. And I told dad, that something's wrong. He's got all those things coming out of his stomach. Shit. So my dad says, yeah, I see what's going on. And, and so put him down. Get me my gun. And I figured, like, well, well how's that going to fix it? That's my horse. Yeah. And he went up and popped him in the head. Popped him in the head. Shit. And that was the end of my horse. <laughs> Did you ever get another one after that? No. No. Just kept to the yeah. chickens. I used to, you know, 
used my brother's horse, horses. You lived in I the would... fucking Wild West is where you lived. Yeah, it was on the edge <laughs> of the city. We were right outside the city limits. Okay. So we had chickens, we had horses, we had goats. Yeah. And uh, uh, one funny story I'll never forget is Ernie, my brother, who's uh, fourth down the line. Okay. Needed some money, and he was racing with other kids in the neighborhood that racing had horses. horses. Okay. Racing horses. And it was a hot summer, and he needed at least $2, and it would be 50 cents a race if he, whoever won okay. a, every race. So on his third race, I told him, I came up, and I said, Ernie, that horse looks like it's thirsty, uh, and he's all sweaty. You better slow down and go give him some water. So Ernie gets on the horse and starts walking up a, a, a slight hill. The horse stopped and dropped dead. Oh, shit. <laughs> he Ernie, just died on the spot. Ernie was on top of it. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he couldn't get his leg out. So we're all laughing. And he says, it's no laughing matter. Get me out of here. So what'd you do with the horse? Just leave it. No. It gets stored away. There was a place that uh, would buy dead animals and things because he had lions. He he supplied lions to the circus. Okay. So that's where my Remember Billy went, did, and so did Ernest. <laughs> interesting. That's, that's Yeah. So that's fun. So uh, when you were in Brownsville, where did you, like your family, you said you had, you had uh, seven in your family, so you had Four brothers and one sister? No. It was, or what was it? It was, it was six brothers and one sister. Six brothers. Okay. So, so oh, so seven siblings and then your parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was fun growing up. Uh, it's a big family. Yeah. And my dad was quite a guy. He always yeah. came back with stuff like one night at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> he comes in and I hear this blaring and it's a goat. Just get a goat? Just and a I random said, animal? A baby goat. I said, what? So we kind of raised that baby goat. Yeah. Gave him milk in bottles. Yeah. And uh, became a pet. Yeah. So uh, the poor thing, my mom was a hardworking lady. Yeah. She, was a, she would bake cakes and pies for different people that were more affluent than we were okay and uh it was like but she because they owned a restaurant yeah. we'll get into that here yeah, in a they second, owned but, yeah. a restaurant and she was a heck of a cook okay well she had worked on a uh, uh a, a uh a thing that you put together by pieces what do you call it um uh, uh, like a blanket oh uh, yeah like i know what you're talking about a quilt a quilt she was a quilter she, she worked on that quilt for a year okay and she finally finished it, washed it, and hung it up. By this time, the baby goat had grown into a large goat. Okay. So that afternoon after playing and going around and kicking around, there was a, there's a, a risaca, which is a waterway. All right. Uh, we used to go swimming in there, and, and we came home, and, and Dad came home. At the time, he was working at the airport, and I asked, uh, what's for supper, Mom? And Dad said, yeah, what's for supper? And she says, goat. <laughs> and we all looked at each other, goat? Yeah. Find out where, I forgot the name of the goat. What was it? Something like uh, Ruby. I think it was Ruby. <laughs> where is she? 
we're eating ruby. Oh, shit. <laughs> I said, why? What happened? She says, that SOB started, ate, ate one corner of my quilt. <laughs> so I killed it. Dinner for a month. I says, well, mom, how did you kill him? She says, you know your baseball bat? Oh, she beamed it. <laughs> so, so we had Ruby for supper. For a few days, probably, because the goats yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he grew up to be a nice pet because he would follow us like a dog. But That was it for yeah, Ruby. Yeah. And there's the yeah. story of <laughs> Ruby. So I know, like you said, you your parents were restaurateurs, basically, right? Yeah, they had a, right. what, kind of, what kind of restaurant was it? It had a, a most, mostly Mexican food and, and the routine is chicken fry steaks and that kind okay. of thing. Okay, so like home cooking, yeah, southern but, home but cooking. But mom was a heck of a cook. That's awesome. And I was one of the dishwashers. Yeah, well, it's that's like, where you've learned how to cook all your pico de gallo yeah, and yeah. and all the other yeah. stuff and kind yeah, of decide. I like to cook. Yeah, I like, yeah, absolutely. I like, yeah. yeah, you're definitely the chef of the family for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So cool. Thanks for sharing that. So when we, how many, so how many Marines were in your, of your, of all your of siblings? Us, all of us except the youngest one, which was David, my brother. Okay. He was also the first one to so die. Six of, of the seven yeah. were all Marines, which yeah. is pretty incredible if you think about that. And what year are we talking about? 19, from 1951, all the way to whenever the last one served. Yeah. So, uh, say, so say if you're spread out over 10 yeah, years or something yeah, like yeah. that. There was right? always a, a caster in the Marine Corps for about 10, 12 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And there's still, there's a current Castro in the Marine Corps. There's right still now. one yeah. in there yeah. right now. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, just thinking about that, it's like, yeah. what made you, so after high school, like, or during high school, rather, you were in football, track, boxing, which we'll get into here in a minute. But, what made you start thinking about going into the military or into police work yeah, and things I, like that? I was, I guess I was about 10 years old, and uh, I, I saw this Marine come home from the war. Uh, from which war? From Korea. Korea, okay. And uh, I decided that I wanted to be a Marine. I was 10 years old. No, I'll take that back. The Marine had gotten back from World War II. Okay, so yeah, even yeah, the, yep, that and makes then sense. at that point, which is ten years old, I said I want to do two things in my life. I'm going to be a marine, and I'm going to be a cop. Nice. So it happened. It just kind of that was your goal in life. That was my goal. That's in awesome. Life. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think yeah. that's trickled through many of your family members. Yeah, to have your even your children and everything else. Yeah, and yeah. we'll talk about them later on as well. Yeah, but that's awesome. Uh, Three of them were in law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so. you think about that, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, just the amount of family members that were in the military or in law enforcement, and some of them are still active in law enforcement and stuff yeah. like that. It's really incredible. So, so when did you meet your wife, Iris? Okay. It was in high school, right? In high school, I was 16 years old. Okay. And uh, Brownson celebrates Friendship Day. They call it. Charo days. Charo days. Charo days. Every February. Okay. So uh, she was in a program at, at school. Uh, they were doing a little bit of Mexico was the title of it. Okay. And, and they, had, they would show different dances from different states in Mexico. And she was in one of those dances. 
And I'm sitting with this buddy of mine by the name of, uh, uh, they called him Chalo. Okay. Who later became my brother-in-law. But anyway, I was sitting with him. And I says, gosh, that girl there, the, the third one from the left, that's a beautiful girl. And he goes, watch it. I said, what? It's my sister. <laughs> so I said, well, can I meet her? Would you introduce me? He said, he did. After, nice. the, after she danced and changed into street clothes, she came out. And she goes, how did you like it? She was asking her brother. Yeah. And, and I, I said, I loved it. You awesome. were great. Yeah. And she looks, who's this? And Chalice is my best friend. And that was a That was the point. intro at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so we were together all the way till Well, before that, we'll get we'll go down those lines, but isn't there there's a story where she like or you rode up next to her on a horse? Is there a story about that? Yeah, but she was afraid of horses. She wasn't a horse. Okay. But she was the horse was t- walking so when i showed up in a horse yeah the, her horse started to trot a little bit she should go stop it stop so put it, it this way this is what i'm getting at you guys were on fucking horseback yeah is how this is like, by, yeah yeah <laughs> they're just like trotting by each other and they yeah you guys owned horses at yeah. that point like yeah, yeah like nowadays it's and, bicycles uh, and everything else so yeah it's it pretty was, amazing it, it was a great uh, i had a great childhood I, yeah I, a lot of memories a lot of things happened a lot of funny things happened like egg wars with the guys and, yeah. at the other block and you didn't want to get hit with an egg because those eggs were, we would have anywhere from two to three dozen eggs, <laughs> and uh, they were rotten by that time. Oh shit! And so, so you definitely didn't want to get hit. If you got one. hit by one, you would smell like. <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, it's good. It's great. Yeah, we'll get in. We'll talk about Iris a whole bunch more. Don't worry. Oh, she's right. she's definitely the corner. She was one of the cornerstones if not the cornerstone of, of your life and the family. And the Absolutely. Family. Oh, yeah. So we will definitely talk about that. But, you know, you got you had mentioned some of the sports you got into in high school. Yeah. I uh, Football and track and, yeah, and boxing is a big one, which is there's some funny shit about boxing, yeah. which we'll talk about too. But, um, yeah, I was in track and I was the – one of the guys in the relay, 440 relay, and I also did the 100 yard dash. I was fairly fast. I yeah. never won first place, but I was never last. Last. I was right, always up there second or third. Nice. But um, yeah, those, those days were wonderful. That track team had this one young man by name, last name of Lopez. He was a farmer. Okay. Uh, his family was uh, owned a farm. Nice. But he had never been anywhere other than the farm and school. Yeah. And we went to a track meet in McAllen, Texas, which is about 60 miles north of Brownsville, north, okay. northwest of Brownsville. And uh, the coach says, no Cokes, not going to drink tea. So No Coca-Cola, but yeah, tea? Yeah, so the whole team was there, and they brought out the food, and they brought the tea in a cup, and the kind you, you dip that bag in it. Oh, like you make your own fucking yeah. tea? Like who does that anymore? Right. I guess so. I anymore? was fixing mine, oh, and I look over at Lopez, and he had split oh, the bag in there, and the tea was Leaves floating on there. And he looks around. He says, "Why my 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 my, my tea isn't sinking?" I says, "It won't." So I called the waitress. He says, yeah, "Bring him another one." The waiter looked at him. What are you, a, a farmer? And he's like, 
And she goes, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I've yeah, never I seen tea like that. So. Right, in a tea bag. But, yeah. But the, my thought was like, why isn't tea just, I mean, I know you have to make tea, obviously. Like, but it's like yeah. making your own tea is yeah. just kind of a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like Coke, I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. But you got into boxing when you were in high school. Yeah. I was in a fight at, in the school ground. Yeah. Okay. And, and what caused and, the fight? Like, it was uh, just a shit show, like, just muchismo. I was, it was lunchtime, and I was sitting there eating my lunch. Yeah. And this idiot came up and says, can I have a bite? And I said, what do you mean, have a bite? This is my sandwich. Right. So, you got any more in that bag? And I you started put, going through your shit? Yeah. And so, I pushed him. And he said, oh, you want to fight? I says, okay. So I put my sandwich <laughs> down and we got into it. Yeah. But that time, Coach Johnson was a boxing coach, came up and he sees the fight going on. And I hit that guy so hard on one of the times that he fell. And he goes, stop that, stop that. I want to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. So, And I told him, he started the fight. Yeah. And I was a Walter rate. Okay. 147 pounds. All right. And... Um, that got me into boxing, and I had a string of wins all the way up to state. Became a welterweight champion. So you were, is that considered like gold, was that a Golden Gloves kind of yeah. state yeah. champion? Yeah. yeah. So that's a pretty amazing thing, right? Yeah. You think about it, like you're boxing, and it's just, it was started fun. out of a freaking high school, dis yeah, yeah. not a disagreement, an asshole, bully trying to yeah. screw with you, right? Yeah. But that's th something to think about is like, like oh we yeah! Don't do that. There, there's no boxing teams and no, shit anymore. anymore. Like you have to go to gyms, as and, they now liberals call it, too violent. Well, I mean, like that's why we have a lot of places that you can go to. The, we can go to jujitsu. We can yeah, go to taekwondo. Right. We, there's plenty of cubs, uh, clubs, and stuff we can go to now. Yeah, so, where you can learn to stick up for yourself. But it's on the other side of it is, what's the, the high school going to do or the, the school going to do if you do stick up for yourself? Right. But the so, boxing. Uh, Taught you, what, did, what did it teach you? I mean, just... Everybody in high school knew me by then. Right. They teach, They know don't fuck with Albert Castro because yeah. he's... Yeah. Uh, and, can throw you know, some of them would call me TKO Castro because my first five fights, I Knocked won by TKOs. Nice. Right? So they call him TK, TK Castro. TK Castro. Yeah. That's yeah awesome. that. So this is a kind of a... a there's a little theme that we're going to get into here in a second <laughs> about boxing. It's There's a little loop around here yeah. in a minute yeah. so after you got out of high school um so you were dating iris of course your wife yeah. your future yeah. wife yeah. at that point um you decided you were going to go into the marines first yeah. right right there what so what was the process for you back then like what was the process of going in well, the marines back then uh, uh of course at the senior prom I, you know we were how did you tell iris huh how did you tell iris I, that's what i'm getting at okay Okay. So the senior prom says, well, uh, as soon as I graduate, I'm joining the Marine Corps. And she just stopped. We were dancing. She stopped. Yeah. You're going to what? I says, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Said, Why? Says, That's, I want to be that. I've been wanting that since I was 10 years old. Yeah. She says, well, don't expect me to be sitting down while you're gone. I said, well, you want to break up? And she said, yes. So we broke up at the senior prom. You broke up at the senior prom, but did you break up or was it kind of like you made up after? Well, we made up. Okay. But so anyway, <laughs> she uh, was just like, 
shit my sweetheart's leaving kind of thing. Yeah, right. exactly. So uh, pretty soon, in graduated in May. Back then, school was ended in May and okay. started in September. Right. And so when as soon as I graduated, I went to the post office and I told the Marine Corps recruiter that I wanted to join the Marines. He says, how old are you? I says, I'm 17. He says, well, you need to get permission from your parents. Okay, because you're under 18, of course. Yeah. Right. Well, my parents had already left for Chicago. My dad worked for the for Pan American Airlines, and they had shut it down in the valley. Okay. Uh, and so they asked whoever wants to transfer with the company, they'll be glad to transfer you. So they transferred to Chicago with Pan American. Okay, cool. I stayed behind because of her, of my wife. Ah. Uh, your girlfriend at yes. the time. So <laughs> I... I uh, he, they left you at 17 years old? To, yeah. So really? I had to get my grandparents to sign. Like, think about that, like, compared now to then. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went. You were an adult already at, like, 17 yeah. years old yeah. because you could defend yourself. And there were nine of us at the Marine Corps office. And okay. We were all, rec I got the, my grandparents to sign for me. Nice. Okay. And out of the nine, only four of us made it. The other five washed out medically. They oh, do. through basic or whatever. Yeah, no, 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 no. Or the physical. Just pre. Oh, okay. Go, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And so I remember getting uh, on the bus, and lo and behold, in the bus were five girls from my senior class. Nice. That's cool. But And they were all kind of crazy and yelling and <laughs> laughing and whatnot. And, and, and I looked at the guy next to me, and I says, you know those girls, right? He said, yeah, I, I think I know two of them. I said, well, all of them. They're all a bunch of crazy girls. That's why they joined the Marines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got to San Antonio. Okay. So you and, went from Brownsville up to San Antonio. Yeah, and bus. Right. But from San Antonio to California was on the train. I had never been on a train. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, uh, even nowadays, a lot of people haven't been on a train. And so, it was interesting, yeah. very interesting. And they would take us to the coach where the you got served food mm -hmm. but only five at a time because there was uh most of them were sailors okay uh, uh i think there must have been about 25 or 30 of us there and uh, only about five or six marines all right. the rest so they would take five at a time to the, to the diner because of the crowd right so uh, we got to california and i'm like a lost in this humongous building with all these people. So you're down at, you're down in Los at Angeles. MCRD. No, in Los Angeles. Or you're in LA at that point. Okay. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, Holy cow. I've never been in a big city. Right. And I'm looking at all these people. Everybody's going 50 miles an hour, every which way. I said, these people need to slow down. <laughs> yeah. It ain't Texas anymore, buddy. About this you're time, we hear, California. We, we hear this yell. All right, you bunch of craps. Get in line. They're talking to us? He says, yeah, I think they're talking. And he grabs one of them and pushes him and puts him in. The guy's going to get on the train, and we're going to San Diego. And I don't want anybody, blah, blah, blah. He gave us a long list of shit to not do, do or yeah, do. Yeah, do's and don'ts. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up going. Welcome to MCRD. Yes, sir. San and Diego. Let me tell you what a rude awakening it was. Yeah. You loved it, though. Oh, I loved it. I would do it again if I could. I know. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> we were there, like, a couple years ago, yeah, right? Like Lupe, my brother. Yeah. 
when this uh, Afghanistan stuff, Iraq stuff started, mm-hmm. he wanted to go. He went to the recruiting office, wanted to join Did the he Marine. Really? What is this, <laughs> Mr. You're 60, however old. <laughs> like, it just doesn't work like that. Uh, you can, but I'm willing. We appreciate that, but you, you're too old. Just re-enlist me. And boy, he was angry. He comes back, he calls me up in the phone. He says, you know what they told me? I said, what? That I'm too old. <laughs> I'm a goddamn Marine. I can kill anybody. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah. You're just, too old, mijo. I your knee you. will go out or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, so... So you were you went to uh, base training down in San Diego, San Diego, mm-hmm. MCRD, yeah, right, and then you were stationed. Did you get stationed at Pendleton for a bit. Uh, yes. Okay. Cool. Combat training. Combat training in Pendleton. Yeah. But then, uh, what was I, your MOS there? I'm sorry. What was your MOS? Oh gosh, O three hundred. I think. Okay. Having to do with with uh, riflemen. Right on. And uh, but sadly, everybody that was on that. Training session it was about sixty some of us for training. Yeah, and you went through whole kinds of stuff with bullets flying over you, and I don't know if it's true or not, but the DI would say if you stand up, you're going to die. So right. stay crawling all the way to the other end. And there was mud and water. You had to go they, through. Yeah, it, they're going to try and scare. You. They want it to be as realistic as possible, yeah, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You're going to war at some point. Yeah, you know? and I remember. Very potentially. Oh, anyway. I remember one of the things that happened was they took us to this one place, and it's there were holes everywhere, and you got in a hole, and I says, "What the hell is this for?" You know, yeah. what? Oh, I guess it's like you 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 shoot over the you know. Well, Nick, we hear the rumbling, and here come tanks, and they they were literally driving over you. Right, and I'm going, "Oh shit, I want to die." <laughs> <laughs> They're just big enough for your ass to fit yeah. in. But where it doesn't fill in. Only a few of us were not chosen to go to Korea. Uh, uh, I was one of the ones picked. No, two of you us. You were chosen. Picked. So, but okay. So let's yeah. get into that real quick. So it's not real quick. This is not a real quick portion. Yeah, no. So you made it through basic, but before we get into Korea, you were in Camp Pendleton, but you got transferred or stationed up in Whidbey Island. Or up Whidbey, in that's Seattle, where everybody in else Washington. in that group went to Korea, and I was sent to Whidbey Okay, Island, so that's where so. you're saying you didn't get selected to go, no. and then you went up to no, Whidbey. Okay, no, no. I apologize. So tell us about Whidbey Island, because I've been to Whidbey Island. It's a beautiful and island. It, is, it can either be cold as shit, yes, and it's windy, and it's... Very, always the, windy, it's yes. It's out in the middle of kind of... feels like nowhere almost. Yeah, it was a training... Base for landing on aircrafts. It was right. planes were coming in and out all day and all night long, and we were. I was an MP, and uh, once, what was it? Once every four or five weeks, you would be sent to Seattle to walk patrol with the police. Yeah, you got to tell a couple, like a story uh, about that. That's to cool. pick up the drunkards, drunkards, the drunkard Marines, sailors, Marines and, that got into trouble, yeah. like, and, or sailors. Yeah, and so. It Marines was interesting, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the first time in my whole life that I ended up getting drunk. So there's a wine story. Yes. Let's hear that. Yeah. So what, what was the name of the wine? So what? anyway, let's give a little backstory Because this is where it comes down to that all Marines are fucking the Marines. Yeah. And I don't care if you're if it's now or if it was 60 years ago. Yeah. Right? And it's... <laughs> It's just a funny-ass story because you end up... Okay, let me tell okay, you. Yeah, go for it. 
We became friends. I say we, five of us or six of us became friends with two twins. Okay. That worked in the laundry at the base. All right. And uh, it, one of the times they invited us over to their, they lived in a trailer because it was a birthday, their birthday. Okay. So Twin girls, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Twin girls. So, okay. And then they had two other girls, uh, right. friends that were there and us. And you weren't doing anything, of course, because you had a girlfriend yeah. back no, home. No, we just went and had a good time. Right. And, and I remember them bringing out bottles of wine and I looked at it. I said, Loganberry, huh? Loganberry. Of all the wines in sale, that is the lowest and cheapest wine that you can find, okay? But I didn't know any better. It was the first time you got drunk? Yes. It was like going yeah, to be the first time the you first got drunk? Yeah, that was the first time. Yeah, I, I drank. You have beers I, back in the day, like one or two, and think yeah, it was cool kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I got to where I was almost cross-eyed, and I said, I better go outside. And I went outside and puked all over the place. <laughs> and then I, I needed to lie down, and there's this car in the, on the curb. Walked up to it. I don't know whose car it was, but I checked. It was open, so I got in the back seat and fell asleep. The next thing I know, the sun's coming up, and I said, holy shit. Luckily, the (laughs) owner of the car never showed up. Because it was probably early as shit, and the sun was coming up. And it was Sunday, so. Uh, Okay, so it wasn't the work day. Yeah. So I get out of the car, and the whole world's moving. And I'm going, oh, God. So I go into the trailer, and there's one Marine lying on the ground over there. There's another marine lying on the girl. There's a girls are lying over here. I said, everybody wake up. Oh, shut up. You know, said, do you have any more wine? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's all gone. Drank all the wine. So Loganberry said, oh, wines, if you guys are interested in. So I said, well, we got to go because we're, we're, we're on the uh, uh, 311 watch at, at the. At, we Back on base, yeah. Yeah, at, yeah. Security for the airplanes. Yeah. So we got to get going, guys. Come on. You got to go shave and do this and do that. So here we are. We're all, they were, all of us looked like shit. You're just worn out. You're oh, hung yeah. over. Yeah. And looking at each other and looking at it and they go, well, that was fun. Wasn't get it? like some awesome. coffee and yeah. maybe some water. And yeah. And one of them says, that was fun, wasn't it? I said, yeah, that's a lot of fun. We need to do it again. <laughs> like and tonight. I, and I thought to myself, not me. <laughs> I learned <laughs> wine. So uh, it was at that time also that there was a big fiasco in Korea where the Marines almost got, the first division almost got wiped out. And, yeah. Uh, they asked for volunteers. Yeah. And, and you. I volunteered. Raise your hand. So I told Captain Jackson, okay. Captain, I, I need to put in for that. I'm volunteering. And he goes, you're a good man. Of course, he's the one that busted me. Oh, you got busted from Sergeant Donna Lance Corporal? Yeah. Just got into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> shit happens, right? But but anyway. But he's, he knew you. It was just a shit show. It yeah, was like yeah. one of those so, situations. Yeah, I go back to Camp Pendleton. I didn't have too much training because I had already had the training. Right. But we touched on something. We had in Camp Pendleton, they had built a little city. Okay. With like storefronts. And you did house to house combat. Okay. And you were using... I, I didn't even know back then there was, you got hit and you got a, a the thing would break and it would be. Really it was almost crazy. like a paintball kind like of thing. Like a paintball. Yeah. Until the last week, then we started using real ammo and it was a night, a night exercise. And uh, as you're walking, there would be flares going up, uh, 
life-size figure would pop up. And yeah, pop up. And you shot it. Yeah. And it, it was... That was your training to go to Korea. To Korea, yeah. Right. So when did you ship off to Korea? Do you recall? Uh, I was there for 15 months, so it had to have been in August of... Of uh, 53. August 53. So yeah. then you were there for 15 yeah. months. So when you were there, I mean, I know it's war times and everything yeah. else. So as you were there, like what, what was the experience of just being well, in uh, Korea? Like what, it was, I mean, what do you recall? It, it? it was something I'll never forget because we went to the DMZ. They had signed a, the the... The seizure of war. Right. Oh, I forgot what they call it. But anyway, and so we we went to the front lines and uh, started picking up dead bodies because the Koreans would not pick up their So we, did you get people. there right once it, the truce, so to speak, was called? I got there. Or you still, was it still active war? It was active war when I got there. Okay. Okay. All right. And... Uh, and that was an experience. We got off like the regular Marines on, on the beach. Ready to fucking rock and, and roll. And got on trucks, and we're going to where the front was. Yep. And there was lightning in the sky, and one of the Marines says, Hey, I hope this thing has a cover. It looks like we're going to be rained on. And the sergeant there said, No, son, that's not right. That's cannon fire. Like flack in the air. Yeah, yeah. Flashes from the cannons. I yeah. Said. And I think to myself, Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, fucking. But right. then uh, after the truce was signed, how, how, how long were you there before the truce was signed? Uh, roughly about forty-five days. Okay, so you were there, but did you see action in between? A little there? bit, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, again, I grew up real fast in yeah. those forty-five days. So you were eighteen, nineteen at that point. Uh, how old were you at that point when you got over there? I had just turned nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen. So yeah. you're, yeah, you're a young man at yeah, that point. Yeah. So, uh, so we. Sad story. We never leave our men behind. No Absolutely. one stays right. behind. Right. The Koreans, North Koreans, would not pick up their dead. Yeah. And there were dozens of them, the f- lined up, or not lined up, lying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And our job, we called the North Koreans. I say we, the United States, and so you can come and pick up your dead. They didn't care. They didn't care. They said, thank you. But they never showed up. So they started decomposing. And uh, You got to get them. Yeah, you have to take take those bodies out of there. uh, Here comes a bulldozer dug about a 50-yard long trench, about 10 feet deep. And you're picking up bodies and throw them in in there. Yeah. And it was... was That's the reality of... Real sad. You know, like, it it is... Yeah, because... There's people attached. There's family members attached, just like on our side, right? Yes, just because like on one of them had a billfold, or kind of a billfold type out of a canvas, yeah. and I opened it before I threw it, threw him in there, and there was a picture of him and apparently Baby his wife and a mother, and, yeah. and I said, "Oh, how sad." Yeah, you know. So then, threw him in there, threw them out, and then after. We put the bodies in there. They would build another trench. There were so many of them. They had to build three or four trenches, 50 yards long, 10 feet deep. And after the was half full, they would fill it back. Every time we get ready to, we threw light all over the bodies. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. Again, those are experiences that I'll never forget. No, you can't. And there's certain scents and memories and smells. And and it's also had a bad, not bad experience. Oh, 
really weird experience when, uh, and it was winter time. Okay. And in Korea, gets super cold. Yeah. In the summertime, it rains. The monsoon season. Oh. Yeah, that's where you get like it, the jungle kind oh, of fever. Oh, yeah. Too. But it's and, both of them. It's not just always yeah. tropical. It's yeah. freezing cold at yeah. the same time, and right? So it was late November, and we're all talking about what are we going to do for Christmas here? Okay. Obviously, we're not going home. Right. And so, and we're talking about that, and uh, it was our turn to be on the OP outpost. It's okay. called an OP. We were OP one. All right. Outpost one. And an outpost sits about 150, 200 yards in front of the front lines. Okay. Because we had, we still continue. So you have a maintained line and then you have like outposts. Yeah. Kind of like. Our job at the outpost was to alert the line that they're coming. Okay. And so uh, about 10 o'clock at night. I remember that, and again, that's another thing I'll never forget because uh, it was scary. Yeah. I get a call from head, from the bunker, main bunker, and they said, uh, well, uh, we had two bunkers on the outpost. One was where we were, okay. and the other bunker was where they had a 50 caliber pointing into the North Korea and the river. Do you have a 50 cal yours also? Like, does everybody have a 50 cal, or is it just like, that's the no, big that, gun No, right that was there. a big gun there. Okay. Because it could shoot all the way across the river, and you're looking at about three-quarters of a mile. Okay. And so uh, they said, we need to check out and see what's going on. They won't answer the radio. Like, oh, shit. And I was a squad leader. Okay. I, how many guys did you have underneath you at that 12. point? Twelve. So okay. So every every squad is thirteen. All right. I have so a squad for, leader and twelve guys. All right. Three, so, three. Uh, so just imagine like fire teams. They're okay. called they're called fire teams, and all each right. fire team has a BAR guy. Okay. But anyway, that's important to know because some people that are going to watch this right. Yeah. So, that, so. Uh, and uh, I said I'll go. Everybody, but you're the you're the squad leader. Yeah. Then. But you're not going to put your guys. No. You, I never going. asked him to, like that's, the old saying says, so I never asked him to do. things you'll see through a lot of the conversations we're going to have over this shit is this guy will not put other people ahead of, like, he'll put himself ahead of ever no, other people, right? Never. I would never let. And them, that's important. Uh, yeah. Like the old saying says, I, I, I would never have him do something I didn't do. D yeah, exactly. So. And that's an important I, way to live life. So I, think, I tell the guys, really. keep alert, keep looking. I'm going out. And it was snowing like crazy. And I got out of the bunker, and as I got and started walking, the, the machine gun bunker was about 100 yards to my left okay. as you're facing north. Are you looking through uh, trenches, or is it just flat oh, open? I didn't want to be on a trench. I, want, I thought maybe if they're dead, there's gooks out here. We call them gooks. Yeah, but down in the trenches yeah. or whatever. So I'm walking, and I lock and load. Okay. And what? Lock and load. You still got that ammo on. Yeah. And so we I'm walking, and as I got further from the bu my bunker, my heart started. Be, I could hear it going boom, boom, yeah. boom, and I could swear I could see movements. And I would get ready and then start walking and walking. It's and like walking. your eyes are playing tricks on yeah. you. Yeah, your senses and, and, and you're I so heightened. My eyes were as big as the headlights. Yeah, and uh, then when before I got to the bunker, I jumped on the trench very yeah. quietly. And it's kind just, of slid down into it. Kind yeah, of because I says if if they killed the guys, they're still around. Yeah. So I'm gonna 
hopefully they'll be in there in the bunk. So I had it. grenades on me. Yeah. As I said, I throw a grenade in there. You know, I better come on. Just so I, be ready with a rifle. I went in there, and as I ran into the bunker, I was yelling, yeah, you know, making a lot of noise, and, and it's empty. <laughs> and all, all this time, I was thinking, I'm going to die here. I'm no, gonna, I'm this is it. This is where I'm making my yeah. last stand. Uh, I'm I'm going to die. Well, where so they go? They took where the this. Fuck? It was they a left three, a fifty cal unattended, unattended, hundred yeah. meters from or hundred yards from where you're at. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and a quarter of a mile from the North Koreans. The right, r- exactly. The All they have to do is go like this, right? Yeah, and basically. Was a, a, the river, the Engine River. I'll never forget that. We Engine. went swimming in it too. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> the, I said, well, I got the radio. I got my radio, and I said, okay, I'm here at the at the post, but there's nobody here. Let's disregard. We just heard one of the guys got appendicitis or something. So they, they emptied ca- the they, entire post because of that? Yeah, they took them. They, like, they had to carry them. So you're in a post. You have to go down a hill, up a rice paddy, up on the hill, over to... So one guy couldn't do it. So they, they, all three of them... Picked up the fourth guy. I understand. And, and, I understand. And, and took the guy. And I said, well, the, uh, what do you want me to do with here? He says, well, get a couple of your men and have them man that post. So, so I got to go all the way back and tell the guys I want. So you didn't have like hand radios back then, yeah? It was just everybody's wired in, basically. No, I had a, a like a walkie talkie, a big walkie talkie. They were big. At that you time. couldn't call the other post? And I did. Okay. So I called and said, all right, all right, I need three guys Split. Come to over come here. over here. What's going on? He says, the post is empty. You need to man it. All ass. We have a machine gun here. Yeah. So I don't know how they, three of them got selected, how they did it. I don't know. Whatever. It's there. like now, wait rock, paper, scissors, kind of shit or something, right? Yeah. I got, I, and I looked at the machine gun. What a beautiful piece. And it had a, a scope too. So I looked in there and I could see the Koreans. I said, well, it's nighttime and I can see the Koreans, you know. The early night around. vision kind of shit. Yeah. They were out there like ants moving around. Yeah. So stay alert. They're moving out there. Yeah. They know we're here. They, yeah. Just like they're looking at you just the same as you're looking at oh, them. Oh, yeah. So. We would shoot the finger at them and they would shoot the finger back. Yeah. Us, you know, Everybody that knows. how close we were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was a pretty intense kind of yeah. moment. So I told the guys, you take care of this gun and in the morning we'll get relieved. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, uh, I went back to the bunker and I'm lying there thinking, Scary moment, scariest of all of my, and yeah. I don't get scared very easy. Right. Uh, and I thought that was the worst. In, so I knew I was going to die. If the people in the post were dead, then that means they were still around. And right. I, I was, they're ready. They're just trying to work their way up to you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, or over go post by post by post yeah. at that point. So had the truce already been just ceasefire had already been signed. Yeah, so yeah. theoretically. We it's were like, re- yeah, no, we were in that kind of twilight zone or period. Exactly. And what did we it, were, is it really holding or what, whatever? Yeah. Right? What we were doing all that during that time is rebuilding the trench. Okay. Uh, we used to use sandbags. And, 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 right. And every. Is that part of what they would consider the DMZ now? Yes. Okay. So yeah. that's part of the yeah. demilitarized yeah. zone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was crazy, though, huh? When did you come back from Korea? Uh, in late 
the last week of September, and I had 30-day leave. Okay. Okay. Now, while I was, we came back to Treasure Island, which is uh, in the Bay of San Francisco. Right. So, I had to look this up. There is an island, and it's kind of the same, it's bigger than, like, Alcatraz. Yeah. But there's an, I never knew there was an island yeah. called Treasure Island. Yeah. I literally Googled it and pulled it up, and it's, no shit, an island in Yep. This and that was, yeah, that's Francisco. where they brought you when you came from back from overseas. Right. The Marines, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the sailors had I didn't know about there. that until I think it was like a few weeks or maybe a month ago you told me about Treasure Island. I yeah. was like, what are you talking about, yeah. man? Yeah, yeah. Treasure Island. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. So we get into this hangar and they got these guys with all kinds of safety suits on and masks and they look like outer space. What the hell are they doing? <laughs> The guy says, all right, everybody, get naked. De lousing you. So we had to get naked. Spray and you down and shit. They spray you with all kinds of shit again. I said, we just got this done in Korea before we left. Well, you got to You were on again. a ship with <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so we did it. And then after that, you walked to your barracks naked. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they issued. Make sure, is it like powder, that shit they oh, yeah. shoot all and, over you? And, but you have to keep it on for at least 30 minutes. Yeah, so powder. it kills whatever yeah. is up in your butthole so or whatever. After everybody's sitting around <laughs> naked and waiting for the 30 minutes so you can drop in the shower. Yeah, so you can clean that shit off. Yeah, you. and it took a shower and all that. And about six of us said, what do you want to do? They tell us we can, we've got 48 hours to go into, into, into town, San Francisco. Go get hammered, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. No. No? No. Here's I would, yeah, We voted on the, where do we want to do first? And almost all six of us said hamburgers. Oh, you just wanted food, like <laughs> real food, yeah. like good food. We were still, you know, we were still, because in Korea we got a ration for beer. Right. Oh, okay. So yeah. you were able to still drink some beers and stuff yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. cool. And uh, we used to exchange, actually. We oh, used, that's right. I remember you telling me about that. You could exchange, like, booze yeah, for the, beers. The Canadians love the beer. So we'd get a case of beer yeah. for a bottle of, of uh, Royal Crown. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. trade. Yeah. Case of beer, bottle of Royal. Yeah. But uh, so so we went in down, had a big old hamburger. One guy ate three of them. I said, you're going to throw up. He says, no. He was hungry. He was hungry. Three hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Did I do then we walked like around looking for girls. Yeah. And, uh, and we'd see a girl and everybody would just go. And as they went by. Your eyes are. All And of course they, most of the girls and people knew that Marines had just come from overseas. Yeah. They know your schedule kind of. Like yeah. The ship came in. And so that was Treasure Island. I got, they asked you fill out a bunch of forms. Yeah. Most of them want you to re-enlist. And what'd you decide? Well, I still had time to go. Okay. And so uh, they asked so this me. this is like three years into your four-year yeah. commitment? And okay. they said, ask me if uh, to put in down the, the places I would like to be stationed after I left Treasure Island. So right. So I put down uh, San Diego, El Toro, California. Right. El Toro, or... Back to Seattle. So I love Seattle. Mm -hmm. I love Whitby Island. Yeah, it's pretty. It's definitely. And uh, well, lo and behold, instead of sending him to one of those places, I ended up in Corpus Christi. 
Why did you end up in Corpus Christi? That's what what a good was there? Question. Nobody you, was it a recruiting station that you went no, to? No, no, it's a naval base. Oh, you went to the naval base in Corpus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fact, there was a carrier when when I got there. There was a carrier in the bay. Was there like a large marine presence? No. Then twenty-eight marines, and we were security. Okay. Okay. So you were were you did you become an MP at that point? And I was already an MP in Seattle. Oh, Roger. Okay. An Even MP before up at Whitby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you ended up in South Texas again. Yeah. And there's okay. a story. There's a story, a sad story in uh, in Corpus. Yeah. Uh, my wife had gone back to Brownsville for the for Charo days. Okay. It was February. All right. And I says there was he had a cousin that was in the navy that was stationed there. Okay. And he had a car, and so he says, uh, "Buddy is going to Brownsville. You want to go?" I says, "Go with him because I've got duty." As soon as I get out, I'll, I'll either catch the bus or catch rights to Brownsville. So she leaves. Well, the guy that was supposed to relieve me, I was sergeant, corporal of the guard. Okay. I had, uh, let's see, it was two, three, six, nine guys. They reported to you? Yeah. Okay. And, and I would go by in, in the Jeep and check each post every 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 hour. Just kind of running your rounds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, three o'clock came around, and he was. I was. We all were supposed to get relieved, and the guy didn't. The, the relief didn't show, and three uh, thirty, nothing. And boy, the guys were getting antsy and angry. Yeah, what's going on? Where are the guys? Finally, at four o'clock, one hour late, the van that carries them to the post showed up with a, and he drops off the three guys that were supposed to be on that date and we jump in there. And I get into an argument with him about being late. Yeah. And uh, I could smell alcohol in his breath. And I said, you know, you should be court-martialed for this, drinking on duty. And he pulls out his forty-five and puts it on my forehead. He says, shut up. I want to blow your brains out. What? Well, so the, the, the brain next to me... Nice young man. I forgot his first name. His last name was Ramos. Holy shit. I've never heard this before. <laughs> he says, uh, well, don't kill him. Kill me. I'm not married. He's married. So the guy goes, okay. He shot and blows his brain. Holy out. shit. You never told me this. And so the guy dropped. And we jumped the guy. It took two of us to wrestle the gun away from him. And we were rushing, told the driver, head to the emergency room. Of course, the guy got hit right in the forehead. He's done. With a forty-five. Yeah. And there were done. brains scattered all over the, the wall. And so the, what the fuck me. was the dude's deal? He went nuts. From, you just, he was. Because we were arguing about him being late. That's what caused it. Holy shit. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the, like the reality of life, just kind of yeah. being part of. And uh, just kind of. Like shit happens. So, I don't know. so we get to to the emergency room, and I knew he was dead. I mean, <laughs> brains on him. I had pieces of yeah. skull on my on my shirt and blood on me from splatter. And uh, the corpsman in that emergency room was my neighbor, where we at the apartments we were at. Yeah. And at first he thought it was me. Then I walk in. He says, "Oh, thank God, Albert! I thought it was you on the on that stretcher." I said, "It's no, fucking no. this close." And that dude. No. Literally took a bullet for me, for you, for me, and I will n never forget that. 
No. Like sometimes I hear the emotional about that. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, you can't say anything other than that. No, it's like. He, he gave his life for me. Yeah. Because that man. Yeah. And the words we'll never forget either. Yeah. Don't shoot him. Shoot me. He He's married. Wife. I'm not. Yeah. But the guy had been engaged 30 days to get married. <sighs> Dude. And yeah. Cheers to that. Do you remember his name? Ramos was his last name. I forgot his first name, though. Ramos is... Yeah. Fucking cheers to that guy, right? Because think about everything that's happened. Like, even this right here would not happen if something like that had... Like, this wouldn't have happened. And, you know... uh, That's the trickle-down effect or the butterfly effect or whatever. I've been that kind of a lucky guy with my life. Right. uh, On different things. So we're going to get into that. We've been going for about an hour, an hour and ten minutes. I want to go through a couple of other things. Okay. We, can, we can always kind of retroactively, right. yeah, yeah, retrospectively yeah. go through a yeah. lot of those yeah. things yeah. as well. Um, and I think that's kind of the point of this whole thing is there's a lot of stories that you oh. have. And oh. I want to make sure that, in, in again, this is going to kind of set the precedent for I want other people to be able to come and tell their stories as yeah. well, right? Because yeah. there's so many people that have stories and that you just don't get a chance to... They're kind of unheard, right? In oh, like yeah, Ramos. It's, it's history. I call it history. history right. Yeah. Exactly. The old saying, yesterday is history, today is a gift, tomorrow is a mystery. Right. And, and we'll I leave it at that. that. We'll absolutely leave it at that. And we'll kind of stop after you got out of the Marine Corps. We'll, we'll, we'll transition next time okay. to leaving the Marine Corps and getting into, you know, becoming, going into college and... Coming w- working at the same time and doing a, a lot of different things <laughs> and starting to raise a family really right yeah and there's a whole lot more behind you at this point so if you don't know this man yeah. he's was in customs he was one of the first dea agents that was in it was a dea agent right yeah so um i'm gonna leave you guys with that first i always like to thank military first responders frontline folks without you guys none of this is possible albert thank you dude you're welcome appreciate it and with that we'll catch you guys next time cheers